Welcome back to another episode of Confessions from the Sidelines. And I'm your host, Sarah L. Coward. I am so excited to share this episode with you today. But before we dive in, I want to take a moment to thank our partners. Privacy laws make it difficult to help your adult children in an emergency. Power of attorney documents for your young adult children is a must-have. These are something you hope you'll never use, but when your adult child has an unexpected health or financial emergency, these documents ensure that you have the power to help. That's why I partnered with Mama Bear Legal Forms, where they make it easy to obtain the proper documents for you as a parent. Click the link in the show notes and be sure to use the code SLC20, that's SLC20, at Mama Bear Legal Forms to get yours today. Your student has chosen their school, they've got their roommate, and now comes the fun part of decorating their dorm room. Dormify is a one-stop shop for everything you need for your dorm room, from furniture essentials to even some amazing storage options. Dormify has just what you need to make the most out of your dorm room space. Head on over to dormify.com to check things out. Be sure to use the code Sarah L. Cowart, that's S-A-R-A-H-L-C-O-W-A-R-T at checkout. Today's guest is Erica Suter. Erica has been a female athlete performance coach for over a decade and has worked with soccer players in the ECNL and Girls Academy League on speed, strength, and injury resiliency. She is also the author of the Strong Female Athlete book and continues to impact girls to become strong for sports and for life. Here is my conversation with Erica. Erica, welcome to the show. I am excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I think people, probably my listeners on the show get so tired of me saying that's like one thing I love about this show is connecting with people who like, I wouldn't expect or like new friends on the internet. And like, that's kind of how you and I connected was just through like Instagram. Yeah. It's really fun to just be in that space. And I think social media gets a bad reputation, but there's some good that can come out of it. And that's networking and connecting with other people. Yeah. And so that's like one of the cool things I saw kind of like what you do and like the students that you serve. And so I want to start off you just telling our listeners a little bit about who you are and like, who do you help? Sure. So I work with young female athletes and I've been coaching them for, uh, I'm going on my 11th year actually. And I work with them on performance training, which is everything that is done off the field or off the court. And it's mainly done in the weight room. So just really getting these girls stronger and more resilient to injury, but also really enhancing their performance, such as speed, agility, and their conditioning level as well. Yeah. Okay. So that's like, so fascinating to me is that you are working with like younger athletes and like really helping them. Cause I think back to my, you know, athletic career and through like middle school, high school, you know, I like, I was prone to injuries and I firmly believe it's because I wasn't doing all of the things outside of the, you know, outside of practice, outside of games and really taking care of my body, not only nutrient wise, but also strength training wise. So what led you to really launch this business to help young female athletes? It really started with just my own positive experience with strength and conditioning training. And I actually started it 
back in middle school when it was becoming a big thing and sport performance was really on the rise back then. There were new strength coaches coming into the industry and I had such a great strength coach when I was in middle school and we were doing deadlifts and push-ups and pull-ups and bench press. Of course, we were progressing in a smart way, but I just had such a good coach to teach me how to do all these things and to, to do it safely. And because of that, I was really resilient to injury all through middle and high school. I never had any major surgeries or or knee injuries then, not even in college. So it really took me throughout my career for a long time. And it also really helped just my performance. And I was noticing that I was becoming faster and stronger. And because of that, it was manifesting into just higher confidence overall, because I would be going into games feeling so physically prepared that nothing really phased me. I got really excited to play because I was just doing so much of the preparation on the back end that it just made sports and playing my sport the the easiest thing. And that's what game day should be for an athlete. It should be the easiest thing they do. It should be their time to shine and to show off and just because I had such a good experience with strength and conditioning, I decided to get into it and just kind of give that back to, to young athletes. Oh, I love that so much. Cause I can kind of see just like how that impacted you, not only in the short term of like your athletic growth and your skill level, but then also thinking big picture, long-term of how much the, like has given you the opportunity to pass this along to the younger generation of athletes. And so, because now that I'm thinking like you work with a ton of athletes, you kind of see all these things and people talking, what are some of those big mistakes that you are seeing that kind of like, I mean, I think I kind of take a deep breath and go, oh, okay, what's, what's kind of happening? Oh my goodness. So yeah, now that I'm going into my 11th year, one thing that is becoming more alarming and just something I'm observing more is the younger ages getting injuries that they shouldn't be getting. So I'm talking adult, like old people problems. So overuse, soft tissue injuries, hip, quad pull, hamstring pull, groin problems. And it's happening more and more in elementary and and middle schoolers. And What's changed since the the beginning of my career when I wasn't hearing about these injuries too much is the the sports specific load has gotten so much it's it's turned into this year round model and for for younger ages they're they're just not physically mature enough to to handle that and some of these kids are playing more games than professional athletes <laughs> and, and some of them are going through puberty as well, which just kind of adds to the disaster of this year round model. So they're doing too much sports specific load and their, their muscles aren't strong enough to, to be able to handle that. And that's the biggest problem I'm starting to see is just letting parents know that they need to balance out the sport load and the strength training. It, It can't be too high on the sport end and too low on the strength end, we need that buffer of of muscular strength to really make them resilient to injury. So that's the biggest mistake I'm seeing now. And I know parents feel pressured and I think people just need to kind of reflect and be like, well, what 
what's the end goal with sport? And if the end goal is getting the college scholarship or having your young athlete in the game for a long time, then you really need to evaluate, am I overusing them too much? And are their muscles too weak to handle what's going on? Oh, that's such a good, like just food for thought of thinking, what is it that I'm seeing in my kid? Cause I also know like thinking about bio-individuality with these kids, everybody's different and everybody's frames are built different too. And, you know, really going super specific with their kid to say like, okay, like you're, you're playing soccer for like year round. Well, we actually need to like reverse that back and look at some other ways to recover and to really think about what does it look like from your training status, from your strength training? So what can parents do if maybe, cause I grew up in a super small town, our listeners know that. So we didn't really have a ton of opportunities of doing all these extra stuff. So like what can parents do if they want to learn more about how they can support their kid and really provide them these opportunities? Well, I think you nailed it there. People are jumping too fast to the specific, to the the more advanced stuff that that the older kids should be doing. Once you turn age 13, 14, then yeah, you you'll choose a single sport and you'll you'll do more of it, but but by that point, hopefully you would have developed the fundamental skills to to just be an all-around good athlete. So, for the young kids, they want to start with developing these basic skills and we grew up with this stuff. We grew up climbing, catching, jumping from trees, learning how to land, how to handle our bodies in space, how to control our momentum. All of this occurred through unstructured play in the neighborhood. So if I can give parents a piece of advice, I mean, it's pretty, pretty awesome because it's free. Save your money. Don't put your eight to 10 year old in travel sport. Why? Why do you want to do that? They have so much time. And even just looking at the the scientific side of it, athletes who are in travel sport at a young age and who do specialize early, the research is overwhelming that they, they will get injury or they will burn out by high school. And then when you look at case studies of professional athletes who made it, they dabbled. <laughs> they played, they played multiple sports. And just like myself, I didn't start travel soccer till age 13, 14. So save your money, right? Save your money. Uh, give th- that kid their childhood, bring family bonding back into it, play in the backyard with each other. I mean, there, there's so many benefits to this that I don't get why people wouldn't do it. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, well, everyone's kind of just following the crowd and their pressure to just enter this system where your child is basically a dollar sign, but just do the opposite of what the crowd's doing. You'll be okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. As you were just talking about that, I'm like picturing, you know, us like playing in the backyard, climbing trees, jumping from trees and figuring out like, oh, that's not exactly the way I should land. (laughs) Like really kind of understanding our bodies a little more about, we probably shouldn't do that. (laughs) Like while mom's like watching out the back window. 
But that, and that's how kids learn too. And, um, you know, there's something to be said about just developing that, that resiliency and figuring out how your body is going to orient in, in different environments. And that's just so beneficial for, for the young athlete. They really learn balance and, and stability, and they also really help their brain develop this creativity and reactive ability. And a lot of parents come to me for agility training. And the best agility training is just an unpredictable free play environment. That's how your kid is going to be a step ahead in a game and start them with that young and and have that that unstructured play. I, I rarely train the young ones anymore, but for the, the eight to 10 year olds I do work with, we're, we're in a group setting. I think it's terrible seeing a, a one-on-one trainer with an eight-year-old. I think it's ridiculous. Um, we're in a group setting. We're playing task-oriented games. We're chasing, we're racing, we're rolling, we're tumbling. It looks very different than what my high school girls do. Yeah. The high school girls, they're more performance focus. We're getting data. We're measuring assessments. Whereas the young ones, we're just enjoying. And and that's the point. We want them to love it because most kids stop sport because it's not fun anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and they've just been too serious at a young age. Yeah. Oh, I, I just love that advice for parents of just letting the kids play, letting them enjoy it. And then bringing that fun into it first of where it's not so data driven to mm-hmm. where they can really understand who they are and really get some self-awareness when they're out there playing with a big group of kids and figuring out, oh, look, I can like, you know, move. I mean, because what have you always heard in soccer? It's like change of speed, change of direction. Like, you know, those are the things I think about when I think about kids playing outside, playing tag or doing different stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's huge. And, you know, there's so, there's so much time for that, that data stuff and the advanced training and, you know, all the cool stuff you see on Instagram that we got time for that. But the the key is, is just starting basic and it really relates to school. You wouldn't start with differential equations before learning how to add and subtract. Yes, <laughs> so yeah, it's, yeah, it's the same thing. And uh, I always say like, don't start an advanced speed program with a young one. They need to learn how to balance on one leg. They need to know how to skip properly and have that coordination and rhythm. And that's going to enhance their speed. And then we can get to that advanced stuff when we're in high school. And once we finished our growth spurt, because sometimes you're going to be very slow before you hit that growth spurt. So it's kind of useless to measure it on an eight-year-old because it, it doesn't really matter. They, they have to get through puberty for you to like really look at those sprint times and, and realize that by then they're going to be more muscular strength and performance based. So it's, yeah, I just can't reiterate enough that the the young ones just need play and movement variety and just less adults like barking at them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so great. So what if um, parents want to connect with you? Like, where do they find you online? Yeah, so I'm just hanging out in a few places on Instagram and Twitter at Fit Soccer Queen. And then from there, you can find like my website and then everything else. Yeah. And so also you have a book. So if parents want to start kind of looking into this themselves, where can they pick up your book and what should they expect from that? My book is available only on Amazon on Kindle, as well as paperback. 
And it's focused on the young female athlete. And it goes into more of the science behind early sampling versus early specialization and what are the pros and cons of each and strength training for girls, uh, hormonal and menstrual cycle for girls, nutrition as well, and also recovery. So it's just for anyone looking to learn more, looking to learn the science behind female athlete performance training and just kind of get started with all this. Oh, that's so cool. Now, you know, the podcast is called Confessions from the Sidelines. So what is your favorite memory of standing on the sidelines? It's so hard to choose, you know, <laughs> so it's many, like, right? th- there's so many good memories. I think I, I really love playing soccer at Johns Hopkins in college and uh, we had a really good team. And I think those moments when the games were so close and both teams were playing at a high level. It's like, I don't know, you just get such an adrenaline rush. And then when your team like wins and that collect collective effort was worth it, it's just, it's like the best feeling in the world. It's just, it's so cool. And I think that's like the one thing I miss is just playing at that level and just really like finishing those, those tough games strong as a team. Oh, that's such a good memory. Cause I I think you're right. Like there's just something about being on a team at a higher level that really just elevates the whole experience. Yeah, it's definitely, it's just such a unique part of sport. And I think like now we, we tend to forget that and it's becoming self-focused but the best memories that everyone will look back on always had to do with the group and with someone else. So, and I challenge everyone to think about that and it's cool what you find. (laughs) Oh yes. So cool. Well, I so appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. If you have enjoyed today's show, be sure to head on over to your favorite podcasting platform to rate and review the show. And as always, I'll be cheering you on from the sidelines.